Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the I'm stumbling on the intro show, the biggest and most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our truck. So we're in the truck again truck. We're in the truck. We're on the way back from the place. And, you know, we can tell that it, it's a good time right now. It's a good time in America. Because we're able to drive down the road. We were able to work out of the place. We did a nice little bit of work out there, watering our orchard. Because we have enough trees out there for it officially to be an orchard now. Um, and the entire time, we were not threatened by mutant zombie bikers or just any kind of biker gang at all. What kind of proper thing is this? I know. <laughs> How can you have prepping without a biker gang of some kind? With neck tattoos. With neck tattoos and facial tattoos coming in to kill you. I was cracking up listening to a book lately. They decided they were going to persecute everybody who had neck tattoos. Yes. Like, you know, about 30 of my friends. And they're not... Not one of them is a mutant They're not criminals. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're going to skip the mutant part, because that's, that's such a such a cliche. But the biker gang, the evil biker gang. Why do we call them evil biker gangs? Because they're always evil in these in these books. Right. In prepper fiction. In prepper fiction. And there's always, almost always, I have read an entire series that did not have a single biker gang in it. It had a lot of gangs, but none of them were biker gangs. And that the gangs one. did very terrible, horrible things. And the book series was 299 Days, which I, at the same time, liked and despised. Me. It had some really good parts and some really horrible stuff in it. And I mean, horrible not as the actions were horrible. It was just like, yeah, not my thing. So, anyway, I'm probably going to do a review of 299 Days, which I have a... a very mixed review on. Uh, but it didn't have a biker gang. But it, it did not have a biker gang. There were no biker gangs. Uh, there were neck tech twos, though. Yeah. And there was enough misogyny to float a battleship. No But kidding. we're not going to... In fact, if you... I got to admit, if you <laughs> um, hear our podcast on mansplaining... That was in part brought about by the reading or the listening to the audiobooks of this series. Only in part, though. There's only a lot in part. Of that going yeah, around. there's a lot of a lot of that that was just uh, everyday living in America. If you are a female person, yes. So, but here, that's not where we're we're here to talk about evil biker gangs. So, why do they have evil biker gangs in so much prepper fiction? Because it's a translatable fear. And here we're, we're here to talk to you today about fear. And yeah, I know, uh, big strong men, not supposed to talk about fear. I'm a woman, we can. But we need to talk about fear because it's important to understand how... People react to and learn from and fail to learn from 
fear. It's important to understand how people who want to manipulate other people can use fear as a tool. And one of the most baffling things that I see every day in the media, in the social media, in the work break room, in talking with my friends, is how people are being manipulated through fear in America today. All and the they time, let themselves be look. manipulated because they think letting themselves be manipulated makes them safer. Yes, you get this perceived safeness because you recognize a fear, something that is obvious, that everybody recognizes as something to be afraid of, and it's, that's used as a tool. And I could just go on and on and on about what I'm seeing in today's world. And I, I'm just trying to get people to open their eyes a little bit. Um, if they're trying to get you to focus attention on something that is a low probability event, or they can't demonstrate in a concrete way that the problem is causing a lot more harm than other than the other social problems or whatever we've got, they're probably trying to use fear to manipulate you. In politics, I'm not going to go into side, this side, that side, because it, it comes from both sides. What they'll do is they'll find something that you fear, and they will try and motivate their base by directing people's attention to the thing they know the people fear and ignoring more real or direct threats that don't fit the story they want to tell. They'll overlook the stuff they don't want to talk about, and they get away with it by redirecting your attention, by activating your fear, usually against others, people with differences of whatever description. It's hard to explain how many different ways people are using fear as a manipulative tool. And sometimes it isn't, I don't even think people, like a lot of prepping authors, don't realize what they're doing to using certain certain fear stereotypes as tools. And so let's, I want to come back to the, the evil biker gangs. Okay. Evil biker gangs. When's the last time you saw one? Okay, seriously, when is the last time you saw a member of a quote-unquote evil bikers gang? There were probably some of them when we went to Sturgis last summer, but one couldn't certainly couldn't identify them among the thousands upon thousands of other motorcyclists. Very few people <laughs> at Sturgis are members of yeah. the evil biker gangs. 
Okay, now, I don't really know how to talk about this on the podcast, because I have a very good friend who was raised in an evil biker gang. She, she wasn't a member of the evil biker gang, because she was raised in it, but... You know, they have kids, too. They have kids, too. Exactly. And I'm telling you, what I have learned about the inside workings of A, and I'm not going to even mention the gang, but it is one everybody's heard of. What I've learned about the inner workings of that gang, the media has it 100% wrong. Oh, yeah, they're not nice people. Oh, yeah, they break the law a lot. But it's not in the ways that you think they do. You know, they're very much behind the scenes. They're not out there riding their motorcycles through town wearing these big leather jackets and showing off their evil biker gang. No, that's not what they're doing. You know? And they're not going to come into your neighborhood. This evil biker gang is not going to come into your neighborhood and shoot up the place if for some reason they decide they don't like you. They will kidnap you. They will dig a hole in the desert. They will shoot you, and you will be buried, and that will be the end of it. You'll just disappear because that is how they actually work. And there are many, many holes in the desert that nobody will ever know about. Okay, that's the, this is this is the truth. But it doesn't make for they're good, not doing this for random people. Fiction. There's not random people here. It's mostly competitors, other criminals. Exactly, almost exclusively competitors and other criminals. You're safe from the evil. Biker game. They don't have anything you, you don't have anything they want other than maybe to buy some of the product they're peddling, which, you know, but they don't get ahead by killing their customers. So anyway, this is a perfect example of the, the unless you are in this certain exact situation, you have nothing to fear from them. Now there are city gangs, and that's kind of a whole different thing. But again, they're territorial. They stay in their areas. Almost everybody that gets dispatched in a gangland hit is a gangbanger. They don't shoot just random... Well, okay, it occasionally does happen, and there are people who are hurt in... Uh, random drive-bys careless and stuff like violence. that. Careless violence. It does happen. I'm not discounting that. But I'm going to tell you, the way you get shot by a gang member is to be out on the street at 4 o'clock in the morning in a bad neighborhood in Chicago. That'll do it. That raises your odds considerably. In- if you look at the police <laughs> blotters, just look at the time of day that these incidents happen, 70 to 80% of them are after midnight. 
Don't be out on the streets of Chicago after midnight in a bad or in any neighborhood. And you're very unlikely to get shot by a gang member. But yet people use gang violence as fear to you know people the, the gun control people are always using this stuff as fear. Um, that's what the, that's their tool. That's what they're doing. But our side, and on the gun issue, I'm going to take sides on that one. Our side does it too. Our side uses fear. We use the, the totally unrealistic fears of, oh, they're going to come take my guns away from me. What does that do? That sells a lot of bullets. It sells a lot of guns. And I'll tell you what I'm here to say. And I've said it all along. Don't be fueled by fear. Be fueled by opportunity. On the gun issue, don't go in and panic buy the next time one of these idiots goes in and does something evil in a mass scale. Buy it now. And then there's no reason to fear because you've got what you need. Buy it now. Prices are low. Don't react to fear. To steal a quote from the book Dune, fear is the mind killer. And what they mean by that is you'll do stupid because it reduces your fear. So, it's a matter of trying to step outside and Think with a little more logic about what it is you're spending your time on, what you're spending your treasure on, what you're spending your storage space on, if you're a prepper. What things are really likely to happen to you that you need protection from. And what things are people just talking about a lot that you personally have not really seen a lot of evidence that in your community that's a real problem. I'll tell you another type of, of manipulative fear that people use. They use these big events that have happened elsewhere. And basically, they're events that we know maybe a little, little about, you know, a little bit, not much, but a little. But they use that as a way to sell whatever product it is they're selling, whether it be, you know, I'll, Precious metals use this all the time or, you know, whatever whatever product they're trying to push. And they'll use, like, saying the such and such, uh, the, the Weimar Republic. Uh, inflation. Inflation. They'll use that because everybody, everybody's kind of heard of that. Oh, yeah, that's scary. That's really scary. Is it? Is that the sort of thing that could happen here? Do we know? Do you know? If that's something you need to be afraid of. Yes, it did happen to them. But we are not the Weimar Republic. And here's a hint. You want to figure out a good way to not have uh, explosive mass inflation? Don't start and then lose a world war. That's a good start. A good tip. Always good advice. I, I wish everybody who... gets worried about this kind of stuff would actually take the time and do do some 
some study of the history behind what has caused the world to be in the situation it is because it helps control fear. Study after study reports that the majority of people think that crime keeps rising and and other no, that's that's the main one. But a lot of other terrible things, they think they're getting more and more abundant. They think the teen uh, pregnancy rate is going up, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that lots of terrible things are becoming more common. When what's really happening is we're hearing about more of them more often. The actual crime rate has been going down pretty regularly since 1970. It's way lower for almost all kinds of crime than it was in 1970, in almost all parts of the country. And in most parts of the world, even. Yeah. It's not just us. Now, there are many reasons and many explanations and many ways to to look at why. But the real thing is, when what I want everybody to take, my one takeaway is, when you hear this news from somebody, crime, crime is out of control. I want you to just stop. Forget about the news you just heard and think the following. What is the motivation of the person telling me the story? What is the motivation of the person I'm hearing this story from? If it's a friend or social media contact, it's often just they themselves have been spooked by somebody else and they're sharing their concerns. Right. If it's a media outlet, they are almost always making their money by selling views, basically. Keeping you watching. And fear keeps people watching. Keep getting you to read their website and click on their ads. I mean, how much does it make you want to watch the news again if they say... We had some crime this week, but it was less than a year ago or ten years ago. That doesn't motivate viewing. So instead, they tell you about, breathlessly, tell you about the most recent, most awful thing they can find. Or Preferably the most, one that's or close the most to you. interesting thing that yeah. they can find. A really good example of this in our recent history are the kids that were trapped in the cave in Taiwan. Yes, it was a horrible situation. Thailand. Hmm? Thailand. Thailand. That's what I meant. Thailand. Yeah, I misspoke. They were trapped in a cave in Thailand. Okay, we're cave divers. We're little bitty baby tiny cave divers. Yeah, and that story... That hits home. Scary. It really hits home because we run in the circle sometimes of some of the people who went out there to get those kids out. We knew some of the people on the team. Some of the guys in the water. And these these guys are, and, and women, one, one was, you know, um, they, they're the kind of people who are the best in the world, the most experienced in the world. They just are. But every day, they may come out of what they're doing in a body bag. Every day. 
all it takes is a series of events to go wrong, and they're, the place that they're in is, is so unforgiving, it will kill them. We, I have personally lost two friends. Ah, one was a friend, one was an acquaintance, who have died cave diving in situations totally different than this. They weren't trying to save lives, they were trying to explore. And I'm telling you, this is a very small story. It makes a great story, but it why was story. it on your your news feed for 14 days straight or 15 days straight? Why was it at the top of the news halfway around the world? Exactly. And here's the other thing, too. I'm, a, I'm on break with my coworkers, and they're telling me how they're not going into caves. I'm staying. Well, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. They like, shouldn't. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've never been in a cave in your life. Why is this a thing to you? You've never been in, in a cave in your life. You've never even been Merrimack Caverns. You haven't been to the one where you sit in the golf cart and they drive you through. What's the name of that place? Um, Onondaga? The, the one they drive you through in the golf cart. It's in the oh, southern there's part. There's more than one. Well, they drive you. You sit in, you sit in might the be golf cart thingy, train. Yeah. You sit. They drive you through it. That's not very risky. That's not the same thing. But it made a nice, scary story. So they told the story a lot. They didn't have to work to make that one sound scary to a cave diver. Don't get me wrong. Uh, no. It was fairly terrifying a to a cave diver. But at the same time, I was like, why is this here? Because it draws views. There's no other reason for that. If it's only that, all it does is inflate your sense of insecurity and redirect it from things that are boring to things that are more attention-grabbing. Getting shot in the middle of the night in Chicago is more attention-grabbing than getting killed by a guy who's texting when he tries to drive. But getting killed by a guy texting when he's trying to drive is something you should really be worried about and paying attention to. You should, you know, we're, we're driving, we're four feet away from death every car we pass. That's, we all know that, so it's not exciting. We, yeah, so we, it's not exciting. About. It's not, there's nothing, but it's true. Although, here's my one aside for the for the podcast, because we always get law ourselves on a side. For those of you who followed that story, you may not realize what a bloody amazing job those divers did. Oh, no kidding. I am shocked they got those kids out of there. I, I thought they were dead when I, I first I did heard too. about the I really did. I mean, like, as deep as they were, as, oh, boy, that was just, but. A scared 12-year-old is not the person you want to be cave diving with on a buddy line? No, somebody who has it's, absolutely uh, no concept of what's going on, other than I'm about to die. Yeah. Oof. Credit to those credit to those divers. The, the scariest thing in any cave is a panic diver. That's the most dangerous thing panic in any cave. Panic will get you killed quicker than anything. Yeah. So that was the real scary part of that story. But unless you're diving in a cave, this is not an issue. Yeah. It was so, just trying to drive your fear. Right. Because your fear would bring you there. Exactly. Even they're, they're better if it to, ends up with a happy ending now and then. Right. They're trying to, to get your... Um, empathy going because empathy is the is the co-conspirator with fear 
you're empathetic because you're a good person, okay? But empathy is a tool they can use against you. And I know I sound so cynical, but I have been taught this to use this as a technique to sell school. <laughs> newspapers. This is what they teach. I went through journalism school. I know how we were taught to intentionally manipulate. Now, I'm not saying we were taught to lie. We were not. We were taught to, to tell a version of the truth. And that puts him one step up on the guys in the political science department, frankly. Yeah. And that's why, you know, in the, in the, in the political thing, they just lie. It's just all lies. Every bit of it is a lie. It's just complete and utter. I'm not talking about politics, though. We're, we're going we're gonna to get off the subject right now because you really don't want to hear me talk about politics. That's why we don't. Because so, you really don't. So if something's activating your fear, you really want to think about how realistic it is, and you don't want to base that on the same sources of that have been trying to pump your fear or have been working on your friends to try and pump their fear. You want to take a step back and look at it with the more... Is this a problem that I can identify? I've actually seen examples of this, or I've read about historical examples of this, or, hey, I've looked at the geology of the piece of ground that I live on, and I can see there is a, a real risk here. You're going to be a lot more prepared for what's likely to happen to you if you let your prepping be run by realistic concerns rather than fears that sell media views and also there's another there's one more thing i want to talk about and that fear is the why even bother worrying about this fear yeah i got a perfect example of why even bother worrying about this because there's no point in worrying about this it makes no difference yellowstone if Yellowstone blows up, it's just going to kill everybody. If it goes in a big way, we're, we're, we're life toast. in North America basically ends. It's that simple. I mean, you don't need to sit around worrying about it. And the, the simple truth of life is, at some point in time during the next however many years it might be, it might be tomorrow, it might be this afternoon, it might be 150,000 years from now. We or don't 500,000. We don't know. It will blow again. And if it blows in a big way, we're just toast. If it blows in a minor way, preps could help. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, but prepping for a survivable event is one thing. And we encourage you to do that. Well, but just that's kind of what we're about. Yeah, just keep it in perspective of. While we're prepping for a big, huge, survivable event, let's make sure we're also prepping for that ice storm that we know is coming next year. Let's prep for that uh, uh, that big tornado or thunderstorm or or uh, electrical outage. All these things, a water outage, things we know happen all the time. Let's just not throw everything at 
Yellowstone blowing up as our big concern. Okay? Okay, we are. We're, we're at our destination, so we're going to let you go, and you have a great day. This message paid for by your local evil biker gang. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>